Hello and welcome to A Sporting Discussion, your podcast that discusses sports of all sorts. I am Andrew Donison and I'm joined by a man who swears black and blue that he was not out on the town in Adelaide over the weekend, AJ Mithen. Hello, AJ. Black and blue like the bruises that I didn't get from hitting the pavement in Adelaide, Andrew. <laughs> what about me? On the podcast this week, we will take a look at cricket with the Australian squad for India, leaving a few people, including some players, scratching their heads, as well as some BBL players leaving their side to play for Australia and what that all means. We'll look at the tennis with the Australian Open starting this week and surely there has been somebody who has been bundled out. Bundled out, the only way to lose in tennis. There are some new rugby laws regarding head-high tackles that we will take a quick look into. We're going to have a bit of AJ's reaction to the official announcement of a 48-team football World Cup. Yeah, that happened literally minutes after we posted the show last week. (laughs) Some jockeys behaving badly, and we'll take a look at our Twitter poll about official social media accounts. Get in contact with us via Twitter at ASD ASD underscore podcast or facebook.com slash a sporting discussion so we can make sure we're talking about issues that are of interest to you. But also this week we say once again... Get your vote in for the Castaway Awards, the Absolutely. Australian Podcasting Awards. Yeah, well, I think it's castawayawards.com.au slash vote. You go, you set up a little account, uh, you verify your email, and then you paste, put your vote to a sporting discussion. I think you can vote for a couple of other podcasts as well. But Why would you? Yeah, well... This is all your sporting listening needs. Um, yeah, so do that. We are eight. We're eight from our goal of 12. We are eight. Yeah, sorry. We are eight votes approaching our goal of 12 votes. We are so close, Andrew. We are past the Bon Jovi mark. We are past halfway there. If you want to vote for us, castawayawards.com.au slash vote. Mm-hmm. AJ, we should go on to confirmations and corrections. Let's get going. I don't have any. I have my finger hanging over... <laughs> the all clear song, but you're well, not last, going to let me, are you? Last week, I kind of bookmarked it in the podcast that we would look for uh, that. I needed to double check the recent form of New Zealand's uh, national rug, uh, rugby football. Yes, team, that's sorry, right. Soccer side, the All Whites. Um, and I said they were going poorly. They're actually undefeated in five games, but two of those games include uh, nil all draws against New Caledonia and Fiji. So. Would you classify that as going well? No, no. Because I, I, I think you said something like, New Ze- it's not that, it's not that New Ze- the other teams have gotten significantly better, New Zealand mm, have just New gotten Zealand worse. New Zealand have gotten significantly worse. Yeah, yes. and, and they have, and they have. So, right, so that's, that's, oh. it's not a correction, it's not a confirmation. So I'll leave it in your hands whether you play the banger or not. Well, I know that you don't like it. But decide quickly because we've got to get going. I know that last week you set this up so that you would have a confirmation to do. I'm not going to play the banger. I'll leave that for next week. All right, let's go to topical recap then. Proudly brought to you by Ultimate AFL Trivia. Search for them on Facebook where you can get in contact with them if you would like to run an AFL-themed trivia night at your club or event. Whereabouts, AJ? Anywhere in Australia. And we have been to quite a few uh, Ultimate AFL trivia nights and they are fantastic evenings. We can't recommend them highly enough. Excellent, excellent events. What have we had on the social media this week, AJ? Well, one of the things that went viral last week, Andrew, it's NBL Heritage Round. Uh, mm. where teams are wearing the singlets, sorry, jerseys, whatever you like to call them, of uh, teams gone by. I think the Mel- Melbourne United wore the Southeast Melbourne Magic top. Uh, Illawarra Hawks wore old school Illawarra Hawks tops. Uh, and going around on social media was an old uh, NBL promotional video 
that uh, the NBL put out. It was, I think it was a whole bunch of players doing the nut bush and carrying on to oh. Iggy Pop's wild one. Yes, it was. How Ad- much sense it made? Zero. Zero. But how much entertainment? 100%. Adam Roberts uh, alerted us to that one. My favourite part of it was the choreographer just grabbing one of the players and pushing them back in line when they sort of got a little bit... T- great. I thought that was great. Now, we were contacted... We had a few questions on the social medias this week. Mm. Um, Joel McGregor contacted us and he said... This is fairly, fairly in-depth stuff, so just hang on. While our society appears increasingly divided, can't we all come together to agree that Michael Clark sounds like a bit of a dick? <laughs> well, Joel, no, we can't. I like Michael Clark. What about you, Andrew? I wonder if Joel's talking about his voice and his tone and intonation. He, Michael Clark, when he's commentating, he, he's been described as having a bit of a squeaky voice, and he has oh, an upward in, break. Well, and he has an upward inflection at the end of the majority of his sentences. Who cares? What he says is really interesting, so I'll just go with that. I'm, I'm able to uh, put out tones. So sorry, Joel. Uh, we, st- we remain divided on that topic. What's next, Andrew? Jack McGrath, in response to Greg Williams, the former Geelong, Sydney and Carlton mm. AFL player, helping out at Essendon. Probably mainly a- Carlton for the purposes of this one. Yes, yes. Helping out at Essendon Football Club with a bit of assistant coaching. He said, not sure how I feel about this. And then question to us, is there any player you wouldn't want at your respective clubs? Um, not really. Greg Williams won two Brownlows, uh, a couple of premierships, a Norm Smith medal. So I wouldn't mind it if he was teaching uh, my team how to do something. Yeah, just because he played at, at Carlton, the uh, you know, vast enemies of, of Essendon well, football. From my own club. point of view, I detested um, the Brisbane Lions when they were going well because they would flog Geelong all the time. Now mm. one of those former Brisbane Lions is the head coach and about five of them are in the uh, assistant coaching squad. So... I'm not with you there, Jack. Either I'm yeah. having taking on the re- the <laughs> listeners this week. No, I, I'm I'm not I'm not with Jack on that. I'm I'm not really a hater. There's not too many players that that I don't like. So what did Greg Williams do to Essendon anyway? He played for Carlton. Mm, all right, yeah. let's let's move on. Rowan Dixon, he just we, we put out a tweet this afternoon just asking for some thumbs up and thumbs down, and he gave a thumbs down to both Channel 7 and Channel 9 commentary, which I'm assuming Jeez, is... Again, we're into whacking commentators. Uh, the tennis and the the cricket. The tennis, I've not heard any of yet, but no, Bruce McAvaney... The tennis is exactly the same every year. It, it is. Bruce it, isn't there. Yeah. Jim Courier is. Basil yeah. Zempelis has taken, yeah. Jim, uh, taken Bruce's spot. Yeah, and who cares? <laughs> Who watches tennis with the commentary up anyway? That's actually a really good point. A, a lot of people do. A lot of people really like Jim Courier. I love Jim Courier. A lot of people really like... Also love Port John McEnroe when he was here. Who's the... Who's Henri Leconte? Thank you, you hate Henri Leconte, don't I, you? No, I don't. It's not that I hate him. I just don't understand him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Your, your racist ears. <laughs> now, Rowan, you also don't like Channel 9 commentary, but that's, you know... Oh, everyone hates Channel 9 commentary, so we're just going to ignore that. Move on. <laughs> I don't like Channel 9 commentary either, Rowan. Uh, um, how do you want your team's official Twitter account to behave? This was a good one. In light of the Adelaide United getting in a punch-on and uh, Hindmarsh Stadium getting in a punch-on and the Melbourne Aces getting in a punch-on, uh, we had four options. News and scores only, please. 19%. 19%. Gentle banter is fine. 28%. Destroy those who abuse. 20%. And the winner, Andrew, what was it? Be cheeky and irreverent. So people want their team's official Twitter account to be cheeky and irreverent. It was a pretty even spread of votes. It was a, it was our by far our most responded to poll. It was yeah, 
because there's a lot of people on social media, I guess. But yeah, I was surprised news and scores only came last. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Hmm, interesting. Not that, not that surprising. But there was a reply to that poll from Dan Jarvis, who we had on the show last year, uh, the Group 1 horse winning owner. I think that's the way you say it. That'll do. Yep. Um, he said, when they hire perceived comedians to post on their behalf, that's when the unfollow button gets a workout. Andrew, time to talk a little bit of cricket. Uh, there's a few things we need to get through. Uh, namely, they've named the squad for the Tour of India, which starts in a couple of weeks. Yes. Uh, five interesting selections. Six interesting selections, if you... Who's your sixth? Glenn Maxwell. Ah, oh, yeah, but he always plays in India. Well, yeah, I think that he should be there, yeah. but... Well, Andrew, there's some interesting changes. We've been rubbish in India in the past, and we are likely to be rubbish in India in the future, but why not try something different? You, What's going on here? There are spin options galore in the 16-player squad. Normally, Australia takes two spinners. I think it's something like it's been oh, a dozen years, 20 years maybe, since they've taken more than, than two spinners on a, an overseas tour, on any tour, and... Ashton Agar, Nathan Lyon, Stephen O'Keefe and Mitchell Swepson are now, the four spinners. Who is Mitchell Swepson? i never heard of him. 23-year-old leg spinner from Queensland. He has been talked up a lot by Shane Warne, which, as we saw okay. with Michael Beer in 2010, is all you need. Oh, yeah. But Didn't that go well? He, look, he's, he's done okay. He's played 14 first-class games, taken 41 wickets at an average of 33. Oh, that's, for, he's well set for a tour of a test tour of Indi- India then. For, for Australia A, he's taken 14 wickets at an average of 19. So... Look, yeah, but you and I can do that. Anyway, um, what happened to John Holland from Victoria? Uh, that is He's an obviously excellent not, question. Not, not made enough. Uh, we'll leave that out. Um, but as I said in the introduction, where a few players were scratching their heads, there was an article written this afternoon about John Holland that mm-hmm. I believe you're referencing where he was basically surprised, not just that he wasn't selected, but that he hasn't heard from a selector in five months. Really? Six months ago was when he played for Australia in Sri Lanka. Yep. Has not heard a peep from well, a selector. That's, that's his card marked then. I imagine Adam Zampa's card is marked as well, coloured clothes only. Uh, yeah, and, and his his figures bear that out. He's, he's not. Uh, doesn't have a very good first class well, record. I John dare Holland say Ashton Agar as a spinning option. Even Nathan Lyon as a spinning option. His uh, figures hardly bear anything out either. No, not a lot. But they're better, he, than, India, they're better than Adam Zampa. India and Virat Kohli in particular absolutely dine out on Nathan Lyon. Mm-hmm. So anyway, how, how uh, uh, it's going to be four nil? Is there four tests? There are four tests. It should be four nil. Yep. Um, I think what is it? We've lost seven straight. Yep. Again, in India. In India. Um, our last win was in 2004, yep. which was our, I believe, only series win over there. <laughs> it, so is it, well, look, let's, let's, 
there's been a bit of complaining about picking these guys, and we're questioning it, but there are also uh, questions about why Renshaw was picked or Hanscom was picked uh, before, and all of a sudden everyone's saying, well, they've got to go, you can't, you, you can't uh, leave them, you know, leave them yeah. alone, leave them alone. Yep. Uh, people wanted a changing of the garden again. When they're getting one, there's a little bit of sucking. Yeah, I mean, the, a couple of the comments that I've heard about Renshaw, it's, oh, we don't want to expose him to Indian conditions where he's going to fail and then he's going to, like, be mentally... Go into spiral like and wounded, blah, blah, blah. It's like... What a load. A load. Oh, completely... They've obviously picked a squad to go to go there knowing that they're going to get beat. Well, yeah, but they've picked... They've basically gone with, with the exception of Hilton Cartwright, they've gone with the, the team that were in the last test and then they've added a few players. I... I don't necessarily have an issue with it. I like that they've gone with four spinners. Like, hell, mm. play them all. Yeah. Play them all, at plus least, Glenn Maxwell. At least they'll get the over rates in. They, um, will, now, they will. Moving Sorry, on. I, I, just, I just need to, to, to clarify, it, what, that's not the only uh, series that Australia has won in, in India. They did win in the 50s and 60s. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, now, big bash, big bash League teams losing players to Australia. We've had... Mitch Marsh, Maxwell Stoinis from Victoria, Chris Lynn, probably the most notable one, uh, yeah. who was whacking everyone everywhere for the Brisbane Heat and then was given an Australian one-day top uh, where he uh, hit 16, got injured and will not be seen for pretty much the rest of the summer. Yeah. Andrew McShay, the CEO of the Brisbane Heat, must be thrilled. Absolutely. I think and we're getting calls. We're getting calls from people to not have one-day games during January. Yeah, I read that and... I think that this year is the first year where a player being called up to the Australian team and missing their big bash side would actually have the the public going, oh, I'm not really sure if I want that. Pointless 50 over games. It's all coming home to roost. Yeah. Uh, But do you think it has something to do with the quality of opponent? Because if we were playing... New Zealand or the West Indies or India or, you know, Sri Lanka, someone who's reasonably good at one-day cricket, uh, would the reception be a little bit different because people would want to go and see the Australian team because crowds are down everywhere, ratings are down for the 50-over game. Um, No, I think that it's the 50-over game itself rather than the opposition people. Mm. And it's not not just this year. We've probably talked about it every year for the past... Oh, it's an amazing difference. It's an amazing difference watching a Big Bash game one night and then flicking over to a 50-over game and just being bored out of your mind. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) it's It's not ideal, but I think the Big Bash players going to Australia, I think this year... They're probably going to be okay with it because they're like, no, 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 it's it's playing for for your country. But if the Big Bash continues to to be so popular and have massive crowds and you know be basically the draw card over the the summer, you could arguably say it's that already. Y- yeah, even though for I'm setting aside Test cricket here, I'm just comparing it to fifty over game. Mm. Uh, yeah, next year will they? actually refuse to play for the Australian team. They go, no, no, I want to I want to play for the Big Bash side. People are, are paying to see me. They're selling out the grounds to see me. So that one, I think, is something that Cricket Australia will be watching very, very closely. AJ, it is... Tennis time down here in Melbourne. It's exciting. It's the Australian Open. The Australian Open, the first Grand Slam of the year, the most popular Grand Slam in Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, there are some 
outright favourites in the men's draw, and that is Andy Murray. Uh, usual suspect. You all, you all know who we're going to say. The, the only person probably from the outside who could... Well, maybe there's two, Milos Raonic and maybe Nick Kyrgios, but Kyrgios is injured. So anyway, and it's it's also the usual... Let's just not gloss over Kyrgios injured. He won his first set in record time. He won the first match in like an hour. Yeah, he's playing a spud. <laughs> he should beat people like that in that time. But he's injured. You don't get a gold star for doing your job to the minimum capability. <laughs> Yeah, Fair. and anyway, moving on. Same in the women's. It's Serena's to lose, but coming to try and get her is Angelique Kerber, Katarina Pliskova, and Gabin Muguruza, mm-hmm. uh, who I think is number three in the world. Um, anyone of significance already out? Not really. Simona Halep was beaten in the women's, and Australia's own Sam Stoza uh, had another first-round loss. I think that's something like nine from 13. Yeah, it, it's not... It's at not Australian Open. At Australian Opens. She... Oh, her... Uh, sorry, no, not not nine in the first or second round. No, okay. Her her performance at majors is really, really quite poor for someone who has won a major. She's made quarterfinals. She's made a made final. A final yeah. um, she actually and lost that final in what was classified as a bit of an upset. Yeah, at the whether it was French, or not, wrench. I think. Yeah, um, she's number twenty one in the world. That amazes me. Yeah, that uh, yeah, those rankings must be. Easy to do. Well, she has... <laughs> but you're right. She plays pretty well until until she hits the Aussie summer. Well, she's been bundled out in the first or second round in nine of 15 Australian Opens, four of 13 French Opens, 11 of 14 Wimbledons, and nine of 13 US Opens. Mm. So... So you can say when she goes through, she goes through a fair way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it's not good. She She did not... Perform very well again this oh, time. Oh, but she came but up again. She went to three sets this time, and I think was beaten by name forgotten from uh, England. Ah, uh, yeah, Heather Watson. Heather Watson from lost the... six love in the third set. Yeah, yeah, but it's thirty eight degrees here in Melbourne today. So, oh, I'd like to see how many sets you would have uh, lasted. Oh, we've got beaten. God, we are talking some waffle here. There I... are five five Aussies have gone through the probably the most no- six. noting. One, two, three, four, five, six, yeah. Um, Ash Barty. Yes. A very popular one going through. Uh, she's come back to tennis um, from a big break off. Mm-hmm. And she's come back, won her first game, which was great. Tomic is through. Uh, Nick Kyrgios is through, as we've spoken about before. A couple of young uh, young folks getting through. Jamie Fullis and Alex Deminor. Deminor? However you say it is how we'll go with. Yeah, uh, I imagine they'll be gone in the next day or so uh, when round two comes. uh, So so cynical you are. Nice little payday. I just want to get through to Australia Day so we can all watch Serena as she chases the record for Grand Slams. Andrew, the world rugby has changed some laws regarding head-high tackles and uh, it's set cats among pigeons. So tell us what's been going on there. Yeah, they, they have redefined illegal high tackle categories and increased the sanctions basically to deter high tackles. So we're talking yellow and red cards here. Yellow and red cards and or penalties, yellow card, red card, depending on what it is. Oh, okay. yep. What it's done, it's effectively lowered the acceptable height of a tackle. Oh. So it's all about... Um, you know, looking after he- people's heads. So sure. the coaches, particularly uh, in the Super Rugby, which is what um, has, yeah, who, who've been uh, interviewed most recently, mm. they've all said, yeah, look, 
we understand that it's a good thing to protect players' heads, but geez, it's going to be hard. Could be open season, particularly knowing some of the uh, how the rugby referees referee the game. We could see games finishing with six on seven. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and a lot of it comes down to, well, all of it comes down to the, the referee's interpretation of, of what happened. So the referee's got sole discretion on what, class, what classifies. Yeah, so... Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense because he's got sole discretion on what classifies for every other rule. Every other rule, <laughs> yeah. So basically, like, there'll be a reckless tackle where the player knew or should have known there was a risk of making contact <sighs> with the head but did so anyway. Oh, I don't like should have. Anyway. I know. That carries a yellow card as a minimum. Um and I, I think that that is where the issue is. Should have known. So, are we going to see what we've saw in the what we've seen in the AFL, which is just players diving headfirst at people's knees and diving headfirst at people's torsos to try and draw head high free kicks or head high penalties, or get their opponent sent off? I think so. You can bank it. Yeah, and and, and there, there's accidental contact, which I think is where that would come in, where a player you know picks a ball up and is coming up. Driving with up. the head? Yeah, and they stay down for a little bit well, you'd longer. Think I don't know how vague the rule is because I haven't read it, but you'd think there was some sort of wiggle room for a player who was doing that to be carded themselves. Well, yeah, so a, a player makes accidental contact with an opponent's head either directly or where the contact starts below the line of the shoulders um, and includes situations where the ball carrier slips into the tackle. And that's so a if you slip, you get penalised if you get them high. Well, that's fair enough. That happens everywhere else. The ref says in the NRL in particular, if someone slips into a head-high tackle, they say, well, bad luck, you got him high. It's an accident. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Whether but, that, if, that'll be incredibly tough if that's a red card. But No, it's yeah. a minimum as a penalty on yeah, that okay. one. Brett McKay wrote an article on theraw.com.au today quoting um, Blues coach Tana Umanga and he basically said he, he understands and agrees with the reasoning for the new tackle laws but holds concerns around consistency of application in the first few rounds of Super Rugby at the very least but he admitted it's just something his side has to deal with in time for round one. That's true. So many laws in rugby, why not throw a couple extras in there? AJ, we spoke last week about the potential for a 48-team World Cup and, as you said in the introduction, just after we finished recording, it is an actuality. The 2026 World Cup Mm -hmm. will be 48 teams. We had regular listeners Shane West and Joel McGregor request your thoughts on this. Yeah, I think think the quote was, come off the long run. Mm. And I'm going to disappoint you. Because I was slightly outraged last week because it was the outrage edition. Yes. But I had to think about it. I'm just going to run some numbers past you. Okay. Um, in the AFL and in Super Rugby, across all conferences in Super Rugby, 44% of the competition play finals. Okay. Uh, in the AFL, it's eight from 18, and it's the same in Super Rugby. Yep. Uh, in the Super Netball, uh, eight teams, the NRL, 16 teams, and the ABL was six teams, half the competition play finals. 50% okay. 50% of the competition. So we've got 44% and 50% so far. Yep. Uh, in the World Cup, 32 teams qualifying for the World Cup finals, as it's classified, 210 yep. teams Start, give or take, depending on who's suspended by FIFA at the time, yep. uh, start the qualifying round. That's 15% of all participants make it to the finals. Okay. And if you increase that to 48, 
it bumps that percentage to 23%. So less than a quarter of participants are still making the finals. Right. So I was, I was all set to be outraged and saying they just want the money from China and India, which they obviously do. Yes. Um, and there's extra spots. I think it's four extra spots for Asia, uh, hard, four extra spots for Africa, um, because there's FIFA votes in that for Gianni Infantino, but we'll get to that in another time. But on a pure participant basis, I'm not mad at it. You're not mad. I'm not mad. Right. So let's say we've got a Grand Slam going on right now. Um, in the tennis? In the tennis. Yep. I know it's a knockout. Uh, there's 128 players who start. So let's classify the round of 16 as the start of the finals there. I, okay. So 16 out of 128 can make the finals. That's 12.5%. So it depends. on. I mean, there was a lot of outrage about FIFA extending, saying it's a money grab, which it is. Yep. Um, but comparing it to other sports and the uh, proportion who are allowed to play finals or who, are, who can earn a final spot, it makes sense to me. Do you think that the outrage is more about the proposed structure where it will be 16 groups of three, you play two matches, and then from that it's 32 knockout like yeah. 32 teams going straight into a well, knockout. Well, that three, they'll need to think about those groups of threes because that is ripe for rorting and scamming. If the top two teams just need to draw to eliminate the third, that's exactly what will happen in oh, the third game. Yes. So there was talk that uh, FIFA would, would, elim- would eliminate, eliminate, which that's not a world, you know. No, and, and also even if they eliminate draws in all three of those games and go to penalty shootouts, there still might be a situation where the two teams playing that still third be game yeah. will go, well, you need to win 1-0 and we both go through. Hmm. Yeah, there's going to be lots of collusion there. So I think they need to, they really need to consider their logistics. Um, 16 groups of three, I really, I don't like that. I don't like um, the plans for the, how they're going to run the thing, but I don't really have a problem with them extending it to 48 participants. The, the, the 16 by three seems to be the only way that they can keep it in the 32 days that they currently have. It's an extra 16 games, I think, but it's in the same time frame. Anything else, so looking at uh, 12 groups of four, starts to really expand the time frame. And yeah, that- well, the Cricket's World Cup likes to go for about three and a half months. So I can't, you know, FIFA loves money, so why not have a World Cup that goes longer? AJ, last year on the podcast, we spoke about jockeys being able to have a couple of beers before they go out and yeah. and race. Yeah, that was great. A whole bunch of what was it? a whole bunch of them got suspended for being over the limit. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> So we we will try to get a, a positive horse racing story in. Oh, at we've some had point. one last year, so we won. Oh, all. true, we're yes, one yes. All. So we're going back to jockeys behaving badly. In Morfittville on Saturday just gone, Josh Cartwright, he steered his horse, Senior Council, into the pathway of a couple of rival horses, which happened to be two of the top three favourites for the race. Robin's racing. And (laughs) that then allowed the the other of the top three favourites, who had streeted away during the race, Mm. to then hold on to a lead that they were fast losing. Well, that happens in just about every race. There's a bit of... Argy-bargy, someone takes advantage. So far, so normal. So 
I looked at the footage of this race mm-hmm. and Cartwright was aboard senior counsel. He was about midfield and as they were coming into the home straight, he looked over his left shoulder and he kept riding. Then he looked over his right shoulder and then he whipped his horse and steered his horse directly into the path of two of the horses on his outside. So he's checking fools. Yes. So did he? You're did not he, allowed did to do that. Did he make content or contact? Oh, sorry, or did God, he just yeah. dro- dro- ride straight into the path of them? No, 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 no. He he made contact with oh, uh, oh. with with one of the horses, so which what's... which then made contact with another horse, oh, and hell. the jockey of that second horse was almost basically knocked off, and they had to hang on for dear oh. life and reseat themselves on their horse. All right. So what was his blood alcohol level? <laughs> well, yes. No, we haven't. That, there was nothing about that there. Oh, really? Um, that, well, what's going on then? Well, his girlfriend was riding the the horse that eventually <laughs> won. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's used his horse to block what, two, two others other that were chasing his girlfriend's horse that was in the lead. Yep. Oh, that is brilliant. How Ke- much did she pay him? Oh, that's the thing. Jockey Karen McAvoy tweeted, that's as bad as I've seen in a while. Uh, <laughs> in another, a while? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Ano- yeah, well, anyway. Yeah. Another jockey, Daniel Moore, simply cannot believe what I watched in the last race at Morfittville today. <laughs> he, he's been, uh, oh he's been suspended. Um, oh, duh. Is he, they, they, did he get taken out into the back room and given a hiding by well, a whole norm- bunch of angry jockeys? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. But funny you should mention that. Apparently, it's come out that there was an argument between himself and one or two jockeys prior to that race. Oh. Yeah. Oh, really? That, there's no more details other than that. Okay. I want to wear the green silks. No, but, I want to wear the purple silks. No? I'm going to drive my horse straight into straight yours. Straight into yours. <laughs> don't, don't beat my girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's this, fantastic. This is a guy... Um, Josh Cartwright, the jockey, who has been in trouble before when he was in a race and he lost his whip. And so he tried to steal a whip from someone from another <laughs> jockey. <laughs> oh, I heard about that. Uh, uh, so he's creative. Uh, he's definitely yes. a, what's a, a right brain thinker. Yeah, yeah. So he, he's, been, he's been stood down immediately. They normally I do an inquiry so. immediately, but mm. they're, they're taking their time it's on It's too this raw. One. I, I can only imagine how much trouble he's in when they get back home. Oh, yeah. I was winning on my own. What are you doing, you idiot? And on that <laughs> note, I think that that'll do us for episode 42 of a sporting discussion. It's 43. Oh, episode 43 yeah, of a sporting yeah, that discussion. That sun's still gone to your head. Remember that if there is anything that you would like us to talk about, or if you would like to talk us about anything that we discussed on this week's show, get in contact with us via Twitter at ASD underscore podcast and Facebook.com slash a sporting discussion. We will sign off our tweets. We'll, we will try to sign off our tweets <laughs> with AJ for Character himself limit com- permitting. and AD for myself. Tell your friends to subscribe to a sporting discussion on whatever podcast service they use, particularly Wooshka. Have a listen there. They are the lovely people who host our, our audio. Yep. What we also would like you to do is to like and share and comment and rave about our social media stuff. Yep. What would we also like people to do, AJ? Castawayawards.com.au slash vote. Go there, set up an account, verify your email and vote for a sporting discussion. Only four of you need to do it because we are so close to our goal. And when we reach our goal, maybe something special will happen. Oh, we could give a prize. 
Oh, spoiler alert. Oh, damn it. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway. Scrub, we'll, we'll, we'll get rid of that in post-production. Uh, AJ. Yes. <laughs> the, the au ABL. Yeah, some ABL stuff. We're getting to the business end of the season. Only two rounds to go before the finals. That's going to be quite interesting. What about you? What have you got on? Nothing till the 30th? Uh, 30th of Jan, back on Triple R, and then early Feb or in February, we will be calling the Australia versus India tour for Whiteline Wireless. Under penalty of BCCI bankruptcy. Possibly the only radio broadcast in the world. Oh. Yeah. Well, you can guarantee they'll stomp on you then. (laughs) That'll do. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week.